0: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem, Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Ammon.
1: Good afternoon. Thanks for coming with us. Beautiful day here in the city of Pittsburgh. It could be the
2: last warm day. Don't say that. No, I'm telling you, I'm saying it out loud. This could be the last warm day. Tomorrow, we're going down by at least 10 degrees. Mm -hmm. And. I'm just thinking that.
1: Okay, I'll see your last warm day and raise you Christmas is two months away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you want to bring on some despair. Let me throw in Christmas in the mix, because today is October 25th, so we're we're right there at the front door of Christmas.
2: Okay. That's ridiculous. There it
1: is. That's how it is. You know it is, right? I need to put my lights up. Let's go. <laughs> I need to go to the bank and get my oh. Christmas. Do you ever have a Christmas club? Get the Christmas club. Out. I
2: remember my parents having a Christmas I had a club Christmas when I was. Club. Did you? Oh, yeah.
1: You put money in. You yeah, know, every month. And then, then, and then right. oh, man, time, time for Christmas. Everybody's all happy because I had a Christmas club.
2: Right. I mean, basically, you can just set up your own little sub account in your digital wallet now.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't say Christmas club. <laughs> you want to say Christmas club? You could name it that. I guess You could. You could. I I don't use that wallet. Do you use a wallet? Uh
2: Do you? Uh How do you do that? It's really good. I I don't... What do you do? Yeah. Well, it's... Yeah. (laughs) Here's me. I I, I feel like (laughs) like we need a little longer to go into it than what we have here. (laughs) Aren't you glad to stop by? I'm
1: going to be tutored on the wallet, the digital wallet. (laughs) We went from warm temperatures to Christmas (laughs) to the digital wallet like in 30 seconds. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Anyway, Mm -hmm. Uh, I took a walk today. You, You were out today.
2: Yeah. Where'd you take a walk?
1: across the street.
2: Oh, did you? Did you go over to the track there? Mm,
1: yeah. Oh, good for you. Here's the problem. Now, because I've got a Apple Watch, every time I'm like, I'm taking a walk, it becomes like performative.
2: I know. What happened? That, I... What
1: happened to like, the, just the enjoyment of taking a walk? Right. And Instead of I'm going... I wonder how many steps I'm doing. I wonder what my heart rate is. I wonder my oxygen level. All of a sudden, I'm like, you know, I'm Dr. Oz That's- out there <laughs> tracking myself around.
2: That's one of the reasons why I hesitate. Like, my husband got me a Fitbit at mm-hmm. one point, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to wear it because I didn't want to assess- Too much information. Everything about myself.
1: That's what's happened to me.
2: The worst thing, assessing how you're sleeping. That's- that uh, if. I'm not a psychologist, but I'm here to tell you that it's not healthy.
1: I do say this. So this watch was given given to me. This yeah. Apple watch. It's the only watch I've ever worn while I'm sleeping. It feels totally like natural. Isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. Very nice. I don't know what it means.
2: You have you didn't wear a watch for all the years I knew you. I
1: know, and all of a sudden there I am. Okay, now I'm taking walks and getting anxious about steps right. and Christmas Day and, and I, the lack it, of a Christmas and club.
2: Is it telling you what your blood pressure is while we're speaking? Pretty, probably.
1: If if I knew how to look for it.
2: <laughs> you know what? I'll explain that to you after we go through the digital wallet.
1: <laughs> Thank goodness. and That's what kids are for and, and, and smarter friends. That's all. <laughs> That's all it is. Anyway, uh, Newsday, Let's uh, let's yep. kick off the news, Kath. You always give us the top news story. So, without further ado, please give us the top four at four for Tuesday, October
2: twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. Number one: A Russian court today upheld American basketball star Brittany Griner's nine year prison sentence for drug possession. Uh, they projected her appeal in a session where she appeared via video call from a penal colony outside moscow yikes that is where she is going yeah. to be i mean say what I mean, you
1: will about about the situation oh my, who wants to go to a russian penal colony my guess is she's going to be released in some trade here don't well you think?
2: that's what they've been you know so remember anthony blinken weeks ago right um offered a trade the white house says it hasn't received any productive response from russia on the matter
1: well, they're just going to you know mess over, mess with us as long as possible how about all the other people that are stuck I in know, there as well right well the that was that's right,
2: that was part of the conversation between Blinken and the officials there. Number two, Pennsylvania's hotly contested US Senate race will have perhaps an apex moment this evening. Uh, It is the highly anticipated debate between John Fetterman and Dr. Oz, which will start at 8 p.m. You can watch it on WPXI-TV, also live-streamed at WPXI's website, uh, moderated by news anchor Dennis Owens and Lisa Sylvester. John Hall, will you be watching? I
1: will. And... Because I can, I'm going to turn on closed captioning. Oh yeah, to see what.
2: Yeah, so the, the John Fetterman's right. Doing. So actually, so is Doctor Oz. It's available to both of them. Okay. They can do closed captioning, so that they're able to, so that John Fetterman post-stroke will be able to more easily process the questions. I guess.
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird.
2: Uh, I have secondhand cringe. Uh, in every type of debate situation. So I'll have my head under a pillow. Because
1: mm-hmm. you know like bad it's things are so coming. It's so painful. i have my, head on my thumb. I can't,
2: yeah, I just can't I'll be watching that and thinking in an about it, I'm starting to get nervous. Mm-hmm. Number three. Penn State officials canceled an event last evening that was supposed to be a speech by Proud Boys founder Gavin McInnes as protests gained steam outside of the event. Um, This is what Penn State wrote on their website, quote, due to the threat of escalating violence associated with tonight's event, PSU police determined that it is necessary to cancel it. So the Penn State president came out and talked about it, and I liked a lot of what he said. He said the administration you know, denounced the two speakers, but they were invited to speak on campus by a registered student organization, yep. and because we're in higher education, we support that there's a constitutional right of free speech and Hello. free access, Hello. right? That's what we're supposed to be encouraging on a university campus. The university expects that people engaging in expressive activity, he said, though, will demonstrate civility... And the climate in our nation has been polarized for quite some time. On campuses across the country, violence is proliferating and individuals are being intimidated and even harmed. This must stop. So he said all the right things, in my opinion. However, students got crazy and... I don't, I, I can't, I'm not sure if they even know whether it was initiated by students or was initiated by non-students, but it turned into a violent confrontation. Pepper spray. Pepper spray went off. Not from the police, apparently. Not, not by the police. But wasn't it
1: billed initially as a comedy show? Did you hear that?
2: No, I did not hear that. Yeah,
1: there's some stand-up comedian who was, you know, part of the, part of the lineup.
2: No, i I'm just reading the article from the Trib. Sure. I did not know anything about a stand-up comedian. Yeah. But I would like to always stay on the side of free speech as much as I'm not a Proud Boy supporter. Yeah. So uh, it's just sad that it degenerated like it is. Listen to this one last thing. This is the, another thing the PSU president said. He said, a Stein and McInnes, that's the guy from The Blaze and The Proud Boy Guy, yeah. are going to celebrate a victory for being canceled. After this event, sure. when in actuality, they contributed to the very violence that compromised their ability to speak. And he said the counter protesters are going to be celebrating a victory that they forced us to cancel the event when in actuality they have furthered the visibility of the Proud Boys. Mm-hmm. So both sides. lose. Yeah,
1: nobody wins there.
2: And number four. Serena Williams appeared to announce her plans to retire earlier this year, but today reveals she's not retired. What? She says the chance of her returning to the sport are, quote, very high, and that is your top four. Really, four.
1: She should have taken the Tom Brady route. So the whole route.
2: U.S. Open. Bye, right. but, uh, she did take the Tom Brady route. She yeah, retired, right. and then I'm retired. She said that she's quote. Ev- this is from her essay in Vogue, or interview, perhaps in Vogue. She's evolving quote away from tennis, not retiring. Okay. She says, just to clarify, I'm not retired.
3: Whatever. That's
1: fine. <laughs> it's hard to keep up. <laughs> you can't trust, huh? You just right, right, yeah. Could you imagine how's like, that you... working
2: out for Tom Brady? Yeah, do you see what happened to him at the hands of the Carolina yeah, Panthers did not... on Sunday?
1: And it hit... which I
2: thought I thought they were the fighting Baker Mayfields, but I think that he got benched. So I think it was I right. don't know who the quarterback. Is.
1: And apparently, the, his marriage is over because Isn't that he i retired. I don't get it. That's awful. That's really awful. I guess you just get addicted to that thing, right? You need that. But that's the only thing
2: you've ever done. Serena Williams has been playing tennis since she was probably walking. So the thought of her not playing tennis anymore is pretty rough. It surely is. Anyway, coming up next, um, prodigal kids. What about prodigal parents? If you've got a kid who's taken off and has left the faith or left the family or whatever, what does that mean for you? We'll talk about it next. Michelle Van Loon, Tuesday edition, Ride Home. 101.5
4: 101.5 WORD. When it comes to our preconceived
5: notions about what the Bible teaches concerning the law, you know, like the 10 commandments, maybe we've mixed things up a bit. Here's Jen Wilkin.
6: Grace good, law bad. But law proceeds from the heart of God just as grace does,
5: delighting in and doing what God commands. Next time on Family Life Today with David Ann Wilson.
7: Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM, WORD.
5: Drowning in IRS debt? If you can't afford to pay your IRS debt due to economic hardship, you can now be free of IRS collection efforts by taking advantage of a special IRS tax hardship program. This program allows Americans who owe the IRS to resolve their delinquent tax debt once and for all your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-555-88 to see if you qualify. That's 800-555-88.
8: Trish heard one of our radio ads recently and gave us a yell. Ryan, she said, I keep hearing that mortgage interest rates are annoyingly up, but I'll keep it real. I'm struggling with bills, I haven't taken a vacation in years, and my back patio looks like Godzilla visited. And then I keep hearing how much home values have gone up. Would it be wrong to pull that new cash out of my home to use for this stuff? It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And yes, rates are annoyingly up. And so for some, it could be wrong to do a cash-out refinance. But for others, the recent home value rush is still a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Trish eliminated her credit card debt, turned the backyard into an oasis, and kept some money back for a vacation and rainy days. And her plan is, when these annoying rates settle back down, She'll refinance then to lower the rate. If you're curious what a cash-out refinance would look like for you,
9: we are United, United Faith Mortgage. Mortgage.
3: United Mortgage Corp. in New York. and number 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672.
0: Turbulent Times. Call for clear-headed insight. It's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in, the new Salem News Channel, the greatest collection of conservative minds, all in one place. Home to the people you trust, Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Refreshingly, honest, always unfiltered, streaming free on your TV 24-7. Intelligent analysis for intelligent people. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. That's snc.tv.
1: My brother was a a, a prodigal. A prodigal son. I was not. Okay. So far, my two sons, no prodigals there, Mm -hmm. no prodigal sons. In your family? Anyone out there? No. Because it's a really common thing.
2: Sure, of course. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My brother's journey, I mean, was well documented for us. We're like, what the heck is going on with that guy? But he came back around again. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the story of the prodigal son, of course, very well known. Michelle Van Loon is with us. She's been a regular guest on our show over the years. Here to talk to us, not about the prodigal son, but Michelle, this is curious and very interesting to us. The prodigal parent. Welcome.
9: Hey, you guys. Hey. Yes. You know, when we read the parable, and most, I'm assuming that most of your listeners are familiar with it, it's found in Luke 15. Jesus told the story of, you know, the party like a rock star younger son who went and took off, spent his inheritance and ended up in a pigsty, and then kind of groped his way back home. And the parable also includes an older son who was great at coloring in the lines, stayed home, followed all the rules, but he was also considered a prodigal because we see in his response to the younger son's um, arrival back home, um, he was was pretty upset. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He was not happy. So we've got these two characters, and most of us recognize, you know, prodigal, um, younger son, prodigal, maybe even older son. But the father in the story, um, that that reckless, generous father, also was a prodigal. Um, and so I've got a kind of a word of encouragement. There are a lot of us who are gen xers baby boomers and we've seen our kids wander away run away slink away from the faith and um we can it's easy to kind of name them as prodigals but it's not always so easy to put ourselves in the store excuse me in the story okay so, so tell me what the role of the parent is michelle yeah. well if The definition of prodigal is wastefully extravagant or lavishly extravagant. The father in that parable is is incredibly wasteful and generous to a fault that doesn't actually compute. It doesn't match the younger son's actions. It doesn't even match the older son's actions. It's, he doesn't give them what they deserve. He just loves them as one writer said. And no matter how many times that child has disappointed the father, um, you know, the younger son taking off that father in the story never knew if he was gonna see that younger child ever again in this life. he but he gave him everything and blessed him to go but also didn't chase after him that's part of the extravagance so those of us that have kids that have wandered or run or slunk away can find in the father the prodigal father who was lavish in his compassion but also um wise in the way that he exercised restraint even in that compassion he was ready to give compassion but he was also not ready to chase the younger son nor try to cajole the older son into um just being able to receive the relationship that he had for them Right.
2: And he also didn't, I thought about this as you were talking, didn't try to force either one of the boys to do anything.
9: That's, that is exactly right. It is hard and scary when you see a kid wandering off. And sometimes, especially if they do it with style, um, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that may involve drugs or calls from the police or desperate pleas for money, or announcements of unplanned pregnancies. You know, we can recognize what that looks like. And the part of our lives that were about giving kids rules, giving kids boundaries, all of those things that go along with parenting, younger children, kind of applies and doesn't apply. Um, We we have to remain ready always to welcome the wanderer home. And part of that comes from being able to recognize the welcome that God has for us. It it humbles us. It humbles me, um, to keep on receiving God's compassion for me. And it helps me not just get weary in the long wait because I, we've had a long wait. It's been almost two decades in in the case of of one of my children.
1: That's a really fine line that you've got to yes, follow is. through, isn't it? All right. I mean, and Michelle, I don't know the circumstances of your mm-hmm. prodigal child. Uh, Kath and I, we've talked to people. I mean, people have joined us over the years. I remember this one person said, my kid has been in rehab 12, 13 times. And you think, oh my goodness gracious, how much patience can you have until you say to the kid, I'm done? I mean, you've just crushed me. I, I I have nothing left for you. And you would understand if a parent would say that.
9: Absolutely, absolutely. And um. the point is to recognize that you can only give away what you've received. So there has to be kind of an ongoing flow um of being able to receive mercy from god to be able to figure out what to do one thing that parents of prodigals will will all say is that there's no like textbook to tell you exactly how to navigate this there is um you know there's wisdom in terms of boundaries and in terms of rules you know and and don't keep writing the kid who's buying drugs checks to buy more drugs, right. for example. You know, some of that is just wisdom. And that's an exercise of compassion as well. Saying no, just as God says no to us sometimes, no is an answer that comes from love from God just as much as yes is. Um, and so to to be able to find encouragement in kind of diving deep into what compassion really is mm-hmm. that father in the parable was just as prodigal as both of the sons were yes and um because he was um kind of reckless in his love kind of um over generous, you know he didn't measure it out based on what they'd done or what the rules of society were but there were also boundaries, you know, in both in both sons' cases. In the younger son's cases, he didn't or case he didn't chase after the son. In the older son's case, he confronted the son and kind of said, you know, the way you're thinking about this is upside down and inside out and backwards. Yep.
1: I mean, you know, there is no, and you said this, Michelle, that there is no sort of playbook. You know, um, every prodigal is different. Uh, I I will say this. uh, I've got a good friend whose son is a severe prodigal, and the only place that he says he found wisdom was in Al-Anon because, you know, Al-Anon allows people who are – you know, part of a addictive lifestyle, whether it's a husband, a wife, a son, a fa- whatever, a family member, people gather together as they would in a 12-step program and they sit in community and they share their heartbreak, their sorrow, their hopes, their fears, their stories, and ultimately their wisdom in how they navigate that prodigal experience.
9: That's exactly right. The more honest we can be, sometimes it doesn't feel safe To be honest, with maybe uh, people you've gone to church with your whole life and, um, you know, you've all kind of followed a certain set of rules that norm behavior. And then when you have a kid who is out partying like a rock star, um, you know, it, it can be hard and humbling to be able to come forward and to say, this is where I am. One of the most powerful things that happened in our early years with this child was that there, were a, there was a group of other moms of young adults, a disproportionate number of um, them were dealing with kids who were making awkward choices all the way up to prodigal behavior, you know, full-on prodigal. Mm-hmm. And we started getting together weekly to pray no judgment it was it it was a completely safe space to be able to say this is what's happening with my kid and i need prayer and this is and i'm broken and there were lots of tears lots of kleenex um but that group even after we moved away i found out years later they had continued to meet for uh, many many years supporting one another and making it possible to learn kind of on the job, how to be a prodigal parent. Yeah. And um,
1: learning on the job. I think that's really key. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
9: Yeah. Yeah. It's not anything anybody ever signs up for. Right. Um, But we have a heavenly father who is um, prodigal in some ways, you know, if you follow the, the strict dictionary definition, he's prodigal toward us. And he's not shocked or disappointed, even if we have a long list of mistakes that, you know, we can say, I did all these things wrong. Um, I, I wish I could parent differently. There is part of God's prodigal love in our lives is that he continues to give us breath to um, walk it out, sometimes differently and... Um, and be able to wait with him um whether that kid is at home coloring in the lines or out with in the pigsty. I'm into
4: yeah. that.
3: Very
2: good. Yeah. Being a prodigal parent is a lot like being a caregiver. It's mm-hmm. a job you never expected. You never expected. It. It's that never is
9: really it's really good. Yeah. And, it's and you absolutely.
2: never and you never feel like you're prepared for. Right. But all of a sudden you're in it. <laughs> right. And then you gotta kinda of figure it out while you're
1: there. And there's no going back. Exactly. It's all <laughs> moving forward.
9: You're in it. And it's really hard to do alone it's helpful to have a team just like caregivers need a team it's helpful to have you know a few people that can lift you up when you're weary and um not not necessarily tell you how to fix it cuz there is no if 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 it was simple, you would have figured it out. Yeah, A doesn't follow B. There's no doubt
1: about that. If it was
9: fixable,
2: you would have figured out how to fix it. You would have
9: figured it out. That's right. Michelle Van Loon. Check out
2: Michelle's (laughs) latest book, Translating Your Past, Finding Meaning in Family Ancestry, Genetic Clues, and Generational Trauma. MichelleVanLoon.com. Thank you, Michelle. That's a good word, Michelle. Michelle.
1: Thank you so much.
2: Thanks, you guys. The prodigal
1: in us all.
2: This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting The Ride Home.
1: Hi, this is John Hall. You've all helped build My Pillow into the incredible company it is today and i have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of the special exclusively from my listeners on the Perkell and Giza Dream bed Sheets, marked down as low as $29.98, Mike is now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. The set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with one bath, one hand towel, one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. Now, for a limited time, you get this three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with a promo code WORD. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. is a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954. Use the promo code WORD or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code WORD. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code WORD at
3: MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bedsheets. Hello, this is John Guest. We would like to invite you to a citywide prayer gathering at Christ Church at Grove Farm Thursday August. October the 27th, 6.30 to 8 in the evening to pray together for the next midterm election, that candidates will be elected who will stand for biblical values and that Christians will get out and vote in what will be a monumentally critical election. This is John Guest. Go for it.
8: Hi, I'm Kyle and my company is Blindster.com. I started Blindster in 2010 to provide custom blind shades, and shutters at affordable prices. Our blinds are easy to install and shipping is free. Don't hire an expensive professional. Do it yourself and save big at blindster.com.
0: In those days, ten men from all the nations will take hold of the garment of a Jew and say, we want to go with you, for we know that God is with you. Join Messianic Jewish evangelist Rabbi Kurt Schneider as he shares authentic teaching from the Old and New Testaments, unfolding revelation today for your brighter tomorrow on Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Monday through
7: Friday at 1.30 p.m. here on 101.5 Word FM. 101.5
4: WORD-FM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey.
1: I'm a retired school psychologist, and helping people was my thing. After my stroke, when Meals on wheels started, I was on the other end of the stick, so to speak. My name is Julius Gaines, creative writer, poet, photographer.
7: Partly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 52. Mainly cloudy tomorrow. It'll be cooler with a bit of rain. Tomorrow we'll see a high of 59. Tomorrow night, a shower in spots early in the evening. Otherwise, low clouds with a low of 43. Thursday, sunshine and a few clouds. It'll be the start of an extended stretch of dry weather. We'll reach a high Thursday of 58. For Friday, partly sunny skies and a high of 60. With your Iraqi Weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. We've all heard these uh, stories
1: of
2: ornery passengers. Uh, and I, you know, I've never seen airplanes. that on a plane. You never have. I've never been. Someone who's a jerk. Well, I've, hopefully I've never been someone who's a jerk, but I've never seen that happen in person.
1: I've seen that. I mean, not to the point where that person got kicked off the plane, but I've, I've seen outbursts of anger at the flight crew. Okay. I'm, I'm greatly attuned to it because my sister spent decades as a flight attendant. So she's got one horror story after another. This is a first, though. A business class Hawaiian Airlines passenger got kicked off of an airplane for um, <laughs> telling the crew members to not look at her for the entire nine hour flight from Sydney, Australia, to Honolulu, Hawaii. The woman who is a this is a, a nice job title a software company concierge
2: oh I'd who like you to, would think would be attuned right, to to, to in, service right and communication.
1: She uh, issued the strange demand after she herself stared down a flight attendant who had accidentally taken away her cocktail too soon. Mm. The ornery nude uh, started even earlier when the attendants accidentally uh, seated the uh, concierge in um, the uh, economy class cabin. Oh, instead of first. Right. And uh, then uh, she verbally abused the staff over that. So now this is where it takes a sort of lead. Now, of course, I'm reading between the lines because then, as a result of these interactions, the cabin crew advised the pilot of the accused behavior. The cabin, uh, the pilot then said, "Well, this sounds dangerous. We're going to turn around." <gasps> they were 45 minutes in their f- uh, into their flight. You're kidding me? From Sydney, or, yeah, from Sydney to Honolulu, the plane <gasps> turned around. <gasps> came back to Sydney where the woman, they'd name her, was removed from the flight. You're kidding me. Can you believe that? I mean, I, I, it must have been bad.
2: It had to have been really bad. Plus, he's thinking, we're going to be over a lot of blue water. Nine hours. For hours and hours and hours. So there's no, we right. can't land in Indianapolis and, you know, floater.
1: So 45 minutes into the flight. I mean, what, what do you do to get kicked off of an airplane? You, you...
2: It has to be way worse than they're I, I guess. I would
1: hope so, right? So she was taking on so the she flight. So she was like
2: pulling the Barbra in like, don't look at me.
1: Don't look at me. I mean, yeah, okay, whatever. You're being a goofball and then bad manners on top of being a goofball. I, I don't understand. If there's
2: one thing you would don't like to me. be able to do on a, a flight, like I'd like to be able to tell somebody on a flight. Don't look at me. What would what would it be?
1: What? Oh.
2: If there's anything that you, like, if you're on a long flight, say yeah. you're going nine hours. Australia to Honolulu. Just
1: for my own. Just for your right.
2: If you, your dream, like what, what would you like to do? Would you like to tell somebody?
1: Act as though you were a piece of luggage. You have no control over what happens Mm -hmm. to you in the flight. So you just have to surrender. Just surrender to yes. your circumstances. Now it's so easy. These long flights. Now, look, what's they, available you have, to you?
2: What they give you everything. Everything. I mean, listen. You, a long flight is not a punishment. You
1: have the entertainment of the universe you in have, front of you. You have
2: way better food on a long flight.
1: Uh, I I like a long flight. I mean, you know, if, if, if as if long I'm as you're J- not sitting I, next to if a, if a crazy I'm on person. Japan Air,
2: I like a long flight yeah. because they take care of you. Yeah. I also had a good flight, a good long flight from Europe the last time. That was, had excellent service, mm-hmm. excellent service. I was very excited about God that. God bless those but men. But any women. like domestic flights, the service. Well, I yeah. mean, I don't mean that the flight attendants are bad. I just mean that there's not, you know, you get like three peanuts and right. a half of a Coke. That's what
1: it is to fly. It's but, depressing.
2: You know. Okay. You know what I would like? Hmm. I would like to tell people that I need all three seats. Oh,
3: man.
1: I I would
2: just like to be able to stretch it out a little. Even
1: I'll take just the empty seat next to you. Wouldn't that be great? That would be nice. That's kind of like, oh, I won the lottery. I had nobody sitting next to me because that way you can, you know, elbow a little bit.
2: The last, my last 15 hour flight. Yeah. I had an empty seat next to me. Fabulous! I could just yeah. You can you know lean Sit over a little. There. You can put your stuff up there so it's not on the floor. Mm-hmm. I thought that was luxurious.
1: I don't want to rely on anybody giving me a snack. I'm going to pack my own snacks. Oh, me too.
2: I'm not right. taking somebody's snacks. Right. The no. well,
1: last time I was on a plane, it was you know just a quick flight. I think I was flying. Oh, I I, I know. <laughs> I was going to South Dakota, so you have to fly uh, Pittsburgh. I think I flew to Kansas City. The person next to me, she got in at the very last moment, and then she proceeded to eat a hoagie. <laughs> that she probably bought, you know, it was like a, a Jimmy John's hoagie. That's ne- gross. Next to me, that's gross. Whatever, you know, just you know, okay, there it was. I felt bad for.
2: Her. One time I was flying back from Phoenix. Fe- One time I was flying back from Phoenix. Yeah. And I stopped at TCBY on the way into the air- airplane. Yeah. And I was carrying it on the flight, and you know what happened?
1: Well, they stopped you.
2: No, I tried to get into my seat. I fumbled it, oh, and it spilled. Of course you And did. that was the last time I ever did that. Such is life. <laughs> Live and learn.
1: Well, hopefully anybody in your family never gets kicked off a flight for being a crazy person, Coming right? Coming up
2: next, seven stages to seeing the sacred within yourself, so you might also be able to see it in others. Holly Oxhandler, up next. 101.5
4: WORD
7: When God created us, he had a purpose for our lives. I'm Alan Jackson. I have the privilege of joining you each weekday to open our Bibles together. The Bible tells us that God has made us what we are. And in our union with Christ Jesus, he has created us for a life of good deeds, which he has already prepared for us to do. Join
0: me and let's see what God has for us today.
7: A Fresh Look at Scripture, weekday mornings at 9.30, Alan Jackson Ministries on 101.5 WORD.
4: Ah, oh, honey, I can't believe you gave me toe fungus.
3: Oh, I was so embarrassed. I gave my wife toe fungus for the third time. Even after all the treatments I tried, all the money I spent, now my family was also dealing with this nasty problem. My doctor then told me that toe fungus is not just a cosmetic problem and that it can spread and get worse. He introduced me to a new and different routine that flushes out even the most difficult cases of fungus. It's called Crystal Flush. After just three minutes each day, my toes were looking better and better until the fungus was completely gone. Just imagine finally winning the battle against yellow, crumbly toes and being able to go to the pool or beach in total confidence. Call now, and for a limited time, you can try Crystal Flush risk-free for 30 days. Call 800-354-1862. That's 800-354-1862. Try it now risk-free. Call now, 800-354-1862 or visit crystalflush.com. This
1: is Lou Borletta. Across Pennsylvania, parents are saying they are increasingly
0: concerned about the possibility that John Fetterman could become our new U.S. Senator.
5: Fentanyl is poisoning our children. Fetterman wants to liberalize drug laws. I'm concerned with what they're teaching our kids in school. Fetterman represents the teachers' union, not parents like us.
9: Fetterman is supporting a federal law to have no restrictions on abortion whatsoever. Fetterman would vote to jeopardize our Pennsylvania parents' consent law.
5: I want to know if our minor daughter is considering an abortion.
0: John Fetterman, out of touch with parents and families. But Dr. Oz will stand up for parents
5: and
1: our family values. Dr. Oz knows that parents have the
0: right to protect their children without government interference. Elect Dr. Oz, U.S. Senate. Paid for by Patriotic Veterans, Inc., a 501c4 committee. Not coordinated with any candidate or campaign committee.
10: Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold, the highest-rated precious metals firm in the country. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts we'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest national best selling book the great devaluation call 800-900-8000 call
1: 800-900-8000 years ago when we were married a friend of us a friend of ours uh, gave us a mirror and um, below the mirror itself in wood uh, there's this inscription that just says You are the face of love, and I can tell you how convicting that is for me because, good mood or bad mood, you know, first thing in the morning when I look in the mirror, I have to confront myself and say that I see myself. But oftentimes, isn't it difficult to see the holiness, the sacredness in our own selves when, in many ways, we expect that from the world?
2: Oh, right, oh my gosh, yes. It's so difficult to see that. And when you are called upon to be the face of goodness and kindness and light, that's that's a tall task.
1: It truly is. Dr. Holly Oxenhandler is with us from Baylor University. Uh, She has a brand new workout called The Soul of the Helper, Seven Stages to Seeing the Sacred Within Yourself So You Can See It in Others. Holly, welcome to the show.
2: Oh, Polly, we can't hear your audio. Are you muted? No.
6: No. There we go. There we go. (laughs) Well, thank you both so much for having me here today. It is a a pleasure to be here with both of you.
2: Holly, when it comes to caregiving, uh, in fact, the subject just came up in our last segment, and I said it's one of those tasks that you never asked for, right? You never expected. Mm. And so when it comes upon you, oftentimes suddenly, you find, at least in my experience, I felt. Totally unprepared for it. I didn't know what I was doing.
6: Hmm. Yeah yeah i think that that's normal i think that um that is a normal experience to have this overwhelming sense of i don't know all of the layers and details of what it is that i am navigating as a caregiver regardless of the ways in which we are caregiving um, whether as parents or uh, caring for our own parents as they are aging or a partner or a loved one Um, i think there's a lot of layers and nuance that are unexpected for us as caregivers
1: so holly it's hard to see the sacredness in ourselves, isn't it? I mean, mm. and so, uh, and I love this, what, what you're doing here. You're you're forcing us to look at ourselves first before we can see it in, in other people. But I think more often than not, people tend to, you know, I mean, I, I guess you can take an extreme. We dislike ourselves or hate mm. ourselves. We crush mm. ourselves first. So the rest of the world looks bleak from our own outcome.
6: yeah. Yeah, I I think that we do have a varied perspective on how we engage the world um, and may view the world. And some of that may be tied to our own lived experiences and messages that we picked up either directly or indirectly throughout the course of our lives. Mm. Um, perhaps parents uh, did the best they could with what they had, but maybe they were struggled in ways to attune to us sure. um, in a lot of different ways. And so I do think that many of us struggle with that sense of remembering that we are beloved as we are, um, that there is nothing that we could do to be loved any more or less than we are in this moment. And um, a lot of what I write about in this book, in The Soul of the Helper, is that recognition, particularly when it comes to um, the intersection of our own faith or spirituality and our mental health and how these two kind of coincide and need to be considered as we serve others.
2: So when you're trying to take care of somebody else, oftentimes your mental health becomes way down the ladder. Um, mm. I, I know from my experience, I, my re- approach was always, well, I'm just going to have to handle that later. It's not like I didn't mm. realize that it was bad. But there's only so many hours in a day, you know, you're trying to be a caregiver, you're trying to keep your job or take care of your kids or you know, whatever your situation is. And then you kind of have to push that off. I would assume that that's a common response.
6: Yes, oh, absolutely. I absolutely think that there are ways in which as caregivers or helpers or mental health care providers, nurses, teachers, parents, you know, in any which way that we are caring for others around us, um, the demands for our time and attention and emotion and capacity, they are growing. And so discerning, well, what is it that I have capacity for to do um, within each unpromised moment that we're given is really important for us to be thinking about carefully as we serve others. Mm-hmm. And so there certainly are ways in which our demands um, or the demands around us are growing. And so that discernment process is so important and it is key in really knowing, um, you know, what is it that I have capacity for right now or in what ways do I need to be asking for help, which I think is can be really hard for helpers um, because we're so wired and comfortable with being the ones that are helping and serving and caring for others that sometimes it can be difficult to pause and really think I actually need help in these, these certain areas and to, to humbly ask for that help from those around me. Mm -hmm. I think that that is so important and something that I do write about in this book is a practice that we need to be engaging in. Just like if we were picking up an instrument for the first time or a sport, you know, we have to practice these skills and asking for help is one of those that helps us to um, kind of move through those ways in which we are caring for others to the best of our ability.
1: We're talking with Holly Oxhandler. Her brand new work is called The Soul of the Helper, Seven Stages to Seeing the Sacred Within Yourself. Holly, of course, because time is of the essence, we're not on the, uh, the podcast clock. Um, can, you, <laughs> can you go straight to the heart of the matter and talk about that, that seven stages? I mean, that's an awful lot. Mm. But if people are the, they're looking for something here, what's the hook?
6: Yeah, absolutely. So the heart of this book is, as you mentioned earlier, John, it is the recognition that we have got to wake up to the sacred or the image of God within ourselves as we go out and serve so that we can serve from this place of abundance and recognizing that we are beloved as we are. Those seven stages that you just pointed to, um, those seven stages, I'll kind of explain how they are connected very briefly. um, But basically, they invite us to wake up to the speed at which we are operating as we go through our lives in that go, 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 go uh, pace. And then we are invited to then slow down to identify those steadying structures that support us going through um, a slower pace to then be able to be still because it's not until we are still that we can actually see the sacred or that image of God within us. And from that place of seeing the sacred within us, we then shift with compassion toward ourselves and those around us so that we can serve from a place of abundance and remembering that we are beloved and we don't need to hustle for that worth.
4: Hmm.
2: (laughs) That's good. The, the new book sounds extremely helpful. The the soul of the helper. Um, we're talking to Holly Oxhandler. She's the author and she's an associate professor and associate dean at Baylor University. Um, we only have a minute left, but I, I, I just want to ask you, I, I know that this is one of your interests and I'm sure it comes up in your book, is the idea that when people are involved in mental health treatment, talking about faith issues is okay. And not only is it, okay, Mm. but it's really good. In my situation, I would say it was absolutely essential. Um, A lot Mm. of people that are listening to this program are thinking, you know what, like if I'm a mental health professional, like religion's off limits, Mm. or if I'm going to see a therapist, I don't want them to bring that up. Um, Mm. So I guess it depends on what your level of faith is in your own life. But talk about that because you're looking at it from a clinical perspective and also trying Mm -hmm. to say faith
6: can enter into that. Absolutely, yes, yes. So um, the research I have done has been mainly looking at that intersection between the two. I do want to point out that, um, you know, folks, I think sometimes stigma can get in the way around mental health struggles. But we have studies that have shown over eighty percent of us meet criteria for a diagnosable mental illness by the time we are a young adult or middle age. And so the way in which we pay attention to our spirituality, our faith, um, whatever that that thing. Is, is within our lives that we reorient and find meaning within, that can help us cope with uh, life's difficulties. And it may also be tied into some of those struggles that we're navigating. So for those mental health care providers who are listening, I would encourage you to think about and ask about clients' faith as it relates to the work you're doing together. And if you are someone in mental health treatment, I would encourage you to ask your therapist to the if it's okay to talk about that area of your life, it's a, if it's an important to you. Um, so we're really trying to bridge that gap in training to support these mental health care providers to talk about this area of their clients' lives. So, really, really um, so I appreciate you asking the so question.
11: Good. Yeah,
1: Holly, thanks. Yeah. Obviously, we just scratched the surface, but thank job you. well done. The
2: soul of the helper. Yep. Seven stages to seeing the sacred within yourself, so you can see it in others.
1: Holly Oxhandler. thank you, Holly.
2: Thank you.
5: This is not bankruptcy or a debt consolidation loan. These programs, which the credit card companies like to keep secret, exist to aid American consumers struggling with overwhelming credit card debt by offering tremendous savings and real debt relief. Accredited Debt Relief has established a special hotline for you to call and learn what savings you qualify for. They've helped qualify consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and are A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. So don't wait. Get the relief you need during these hard economic times. For this free information, call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now. Call 800-786-2300. 800-786-2300. That's 800-786-2300.
12: You were created for a purpose. Geneva College can help you find it. Follow it. And fulfill it as you boldly answer God's call to live faithfully and intentionally in service to others. Together with Geneva, you'll embark on a journey of discovery with professors and peers who are integrating faith and learning, thinking constructively and creatively as you learn to understand your world, develop expertise in your field of study, and find meaning and purpose in your life's work. Ranked one of the best value schools in regional universities north by U.S. News and World Report, Geneva offers over 195 undergraduate majors and programs to help you discover the compelling significance of God's calling. Geneva College. You were made for this. Explore what interests you at geneva.edu slash academics. Hey listener, welcome to Lemu's Karaoke Lounge, where Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need, and the music
10: never stops. Hit it!
8: There's an emu with a full-time job! His partner's Doug, but Lemu's the heartthrob! Grubs and worms, that's what Limu eats. Gotta fuel up to save you money and hit the streets.
0: Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, Liberty,
8: Liberty,
0: Liberty. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving.
3: Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to your retirement blueprint with Kurt Knodek and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group. Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to your retirement blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC.
1: Do you like walking in cemeteries?
2: You know, it's not something I've ever really done. Really? I mean, I think it's interesting. I have done it a couple of times, but it's not a regular practice.
1: I spent a lot of time walking in the Homewood Cemetery. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful cemetery. and Many Pittsburgh luminaries, of course, are buried there. But I saw a piece about a woman who was walking through a cemetery, and she found on a stranger's gravestone a recipe for a batch of cookies. Really? <laughs> yep. So from her kitchen in Tacoma Park, Maryland... Uh, She said there were no instructions to follow (laughs) on the gravestone. So there was a list of simple ingredients, butter, sugar, vanilla, egg, flour, baking powder, salt, right? This is pretty common. Uh, The cookies were heavenly. So since that initial foray into baking the gravestone recipe, she's made several other recipes that she found in cemeteries across the country. Baking delicacies uh, by the deceased has become somewhat of a hobby for Rosie Grant. It's unusual okay, to be sure. how many people
2: put recipes on their gravestones?
1: Well, she said... Um, before she stumbled upon this first recipe, she had never heard of this before. It's not a commonplace sentiment, of course, for a headstone, but there are certainly a sprinkling, a sprinkling of them out there. So far, she's uh, uncovered 11 here in the United States and two in Israel. Um, there's a, apparently a, a niche uh, thing on TikTok. Uh, TikTok has its own gigantic niche about cemeteries, and in there, there's a sub-niche about Recipes on gravestones. Um, she said she found one: a woman, uh, Kay Kirkham Andrew, who was famous for her fudge. The fudge recipe is on the gravestone. Now she put this on her husband's gravestone. They share a gravestone, and twenty years before she died, she put the fudge recipe on on the shared gravestone, and she said. People started to talk about it. So this woman, uh, Rosie Grant, who has now since discovered this, made the fudge recipe, went to the woman's gravestone, and ate the fudge and told her how good it was while, <laughs> while she was there. Um, Eleven gravestones. She has baked Christmas cookies, no baked chocolate oatmeal cookies, date and nut bread, nut roll, yeast cake, peach cobbler, snickerdoodles, blueberry pie, and cheese dip, all sprinkled across gravestones across the United States. Wow,
2: I would never, ever have expected that.
1: She's been in New York, Iowa, Alaska, Louisiana, California, Utah, Washington. And she says, my goal is to go to all of these places. I would love to cook the recipe and taste it at the graveside as a cheer to the person who gave this gift to me and everybody else.
2: That's very sweet. You
1: gotta be really confident that that recipe is a great recipe.
2: And you have to be kind of known for it. Right. Or else... You're like, gonna... What if what if you put the recipe up and, and your loved ones were like, what, what is it? What? That
1: meatloaf? What? Wait, I never liked that. Right. There's olives in there? Right. Nana, no, no, don't that's, do that. That's
2: probably why I never liked it was because no. of the olives. You would
1: have to be fed it yeah, in the family would have and beyond, be. right?
2: Okay, you know what I could put up on my gravestone? My salad <laughs> dressing.
1: <laughs> we call it cast dressing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got a bottle of it in the fridge right now.
2: It's, isn't it so good? It's excellent. It's no. so good to have yeah, around... But...
1: But it's, you're known for much more, you know that's I mean, it. in your circle. That's
2: all I care about, John. It's just being, just. I'll be the salad dressing lady. A hundred
1: years from now, people will walk by your gravestone uh-huh. and go, oh, you know, let's make Look some, let's that. make some salad, good salad dressing. Look at that, that's salad dressing. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Me, I got nothing. I would just say, it's so easy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> With an arrow pointing to your wife's gravestone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, very nice. All right, coming up in the five o'clock hour of today's show, uh, school's got $122 billion with a B to open after COVID last year,
1: 122 billion,
2: 122 billion school systems have used less than how much of it. We'll find out in five o'clock hour. Also three iterations of Halloween. Does this make sense? And Hey, do you want more power in your life? Well, stop saying you're sorry so much. Sorry. Is that true? Uh,
1: I think there's, there is some truth to this, I believe. Yeah.
2: Or is that just like, you know, self-empowerment?
1: Maybe it's a little bit of both. But I do think people tend to say they're sorry a lot.
2: Well, I think some people probably could say well, that, yeah. they're sorry a little more. <laughs> mean it might be helpful. <laughs> yeah.
4: Listen on your smart speaker at WordFM.com, the WordFM app, iHeart, in and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
7: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Richie Sunak has swiftly become Britain's Prime Minister.
10: I've just been to Buckingham Palace and accepted His Majesty the King's invitation to form a government in his name.
11: Sunak's next move is to appoint a new team tasked with tackling a wide range of
2: challenges not just economic.
10: Right now, our country is facing a profound economic crisis. The aftermath of COVID still lingers. Putin's war in Ukraine has destabilized energy markets and supply chains the world over.
11: Mimi Montgomery, London.
7: The 19-year-old gunman who killed a teacher and a 15-year-old girl at a St. Louis high school was armed with an AR-15-style rifle and what appeared to be more than 600 rounds of ammunition. Orlando Harris was killed in an exchange of gunfire. He graduated from the school last year.
13: This is SRN News. What if I told you you can save a baby's life for just $28? Well, it's true. Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant girls and women who otherwise might choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. $140 can do this for five girls and women. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a click or phone call away. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833 850 Or click on the pre-born banner at wordfm.com.
0: And now a small business setback is assessed by a beloved family pediatrician.
6: Oh, hey, tiger. Big scary tree branch gave your work truck a boo-boo? Yeah. Wow. See this thing on my phone here? It's the progressive mobile app. Just push that little button there and report your claim.
4: Atta
0: boy. When owning a small business gets painful, Progressive Commercial is here to make it all better. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at (gasps) ProgressiveCommercial.com. What's
6: this? candy drawer who wants a lollipop
0: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms and conditions photo claims not available in all
12: states or situations meet brad brad's hard at work or at least his website is ever since he added live chat with salem surround brad's customers are getting their questions answered 24 7 website purchases have gone up 35 percent and they're over three times more likely to buy from him again no bots just real people helping real people Live chat, one of the easiest, most affordable ways sailing Surround can increase your business while you do other things or nothing at all. Ask us how at SurroundPittsburgh.com.
14: John Fetterman is too extreme for Pennsylvania. This is Matt Schlapp, chairman of CPAC Action Pack. By supporting 87,000 new IRS agents, trillions in new government spending, and stimulus checks for criminals and illegals, Democrats put loyalty to Biden, Pelosi, and Sanders above the needs of your family. Democrats are wrong on the border. They repeatedly oppose closing the border, leading to more human trafficking, drug smuggling, and violent crime. Democrats are also extremists on abortion, supporting unregulated abortion, even in the last trimester, funded by taxpayers. Let's send Washington, D.C. socialists a message. John Fetterman... He's wrong for Pennsylvania.
9: Paid
2: for by CPAC Action Pack. Not affiliated with any candidate or candidate committee. www.cpacactionpack.com.
7: Partly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 52. Mainly cloudy tomorrow. It'll be cooler with a bit of rain. Tomorrow we'll see a high of 59. Tomorrow night, a shower in spots early in the evening. Otherwise, low clouds with a low of 43. Thursday, sunshine and a few clouds. It'll be the start of an extended stretch of dry weather. We'll reach a high Thursday of 58. For Friday, partly sunny skies and a high of 60. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
0: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. I think it's been dry. Don't you think it's been dry lately? I mean, you just
1: heard that weather forecast, and you know, shouldn't come, but an extended, what, I forget what the adjective, An extended string of dry weather. It's been dry lately.
2: I certainly haven't. Paid attention. Paid it, I mean, I I, I, I haven't noticed that. that it wasn't. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, it's the best I can say about it. Yeah,
1: just...
2: It I mean, was such a gorgeous day today. Oh, I just, fabulous. I felt so fortunate to live yep. here. I was like, I was thanking God for everything about the Northeast. I was. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's just... Aren't you... Really I mean, beautiful. all the places you could it's live in this country. It's a beautiful place to live. It truly is. It's a beautiful, beautiful Dardous. place to live. Yep.
2: Okay, speaking of places to live, John, yep. um, and... Uh, there is a variance in how school districts around the country have responded to the influx of cash they were given from the Biden administration. Let me take you back to March of 2021. Reading here from today's Washington Post, uh, the Biden administration released the federal government's largest pool of pandemic relief for public schools. Big billions. It, right? it was called the American Rescue Plan, $122 billion. <sighs> and it was to reopen the buildings, to address mental health needs, to help students who had Mm -hmm. fallen behind academically, socially, whatever. And the need, uh, this is what was said at the time, was so urgent that two-thirds of the money, which is $81 billion, was released less than two weeks after the plan was signed into law. Holy money. Okay. That's a lot of money. So uh, it's a ton of cash. But- Despite having access to the dollars, school systems throughout the country reported spending less than 15% of it.
1: Really? Wait, so every school, a lot of school districts are sitting on millions of dollars yes. and have yet to spend it?
2: Yes. This is according to a Washington Post mm-hmm. analysis of data collected by Edunomics, which is a finance group centered at Georgetown University. So... It, as I said, does change depending on where you are in the country. Um, but the trend of a slow rollout was especially apparent in some of the school districts that have incurred the steepest learning losses, which is not a good sign, right? So if you're looking at at school districts that have scored in the lower reaches on English and math, those are also most likely the school districts that have not spent any of that federal well, money. Well, we keep
1: reading about how... Be- behind every every
8: student is. Listen,
2: there's a story just about every day in the news right. over the last week talking about how low test scores are. All-time um, lows. Yeah, about half of the 211 districts the Washington Post examined where students are furthest behind spent 5% or less of their federal what money the last year. I wonder why that is. So um, the money was not spent, according to the Post, for a variety of reasons. Here are some of the reasons. Delayed access to funds They do not explain what that is. So I do not know what that means delayed access to funds. A nationwide teacher shortage that made it difficult to fill new positions.
1: You know this from your own family.
2: Uh, I do know this from my own family. And, you know, reading it in the Washington Post makes, you know, everybody feel better. And a desire to make the money last, according to interviews with school officials and education experts in six states. Hmm. Now, the money expires in 2024.
1: When it just goes away?
2: I guess so. Um, so st- so school leaders say they want to stretch it as long as possible. But if you've only spent 15% of it, I mean, what are you stretching it for?
1: You think that that would be an easy thing to do is to spend money. Who oh, doesn't want to spend money? I know,
2: especially when you're getting these school scores back, these testing scores that are so sad. I mean, when I think of the early days of COVID, you and I sitting here in this room and laughing about it because we thought it was just one of those things that was going to be overblown by the media and it wasn't going to be that big of a deal and you know blah right and then fast forward three months we were in shock about what was happening we were working from home everything was closed down at that point none of us could have ever imagined what covid would do to us our families, our schools in the country.
1: And because we didn't have little kids, grateful that our kids have gone beyond that. Can you imagine having kindergarten, first grade, fifth grade, eighth grade, whatever? But I
2: have to be honest, my kids who are much older, you know, when COVID started, I had one child who was a senior in high school and I had one who was a junior in college. Both of them lost significant things mm-hmm. in yeah. their school career because Socially, of covid sure. yes co as far as athletics as far as graduation as far as the prom mm-hmm. as far as you know all of those things that you would Good stuff. your graduation party you know all those things that you would a lot of people would expect end up not happening or end up being totally different than you would imagine anyway back to the washington post story Uh, The post says the school district leaders insist that they're making progress. They're digging deeper, they said, into the money that remains, and they're trying to figure out what the critical needs are, like student mental health, reversing that horrible learning loss that we've been talking about over COVID. Um, But in many cases, districts are still spending, are you ready for this, earlier waves of federal funding. Okay, a total of sixty seven and a half billion that was released during the Trump administration Whoa. so there are school districts that haven't even touched that pot, let alone the second one All this money that, that came they up I mean threw out anyway so uh so in reading the article, the first thing that just comes to mind is how badly we need teachers and how little understanding any of us have unless we're you know married to teacher to have a child who's a teacher or a parent who's a teacher. About what they went through during COVID Mm -hmm. and how difficult it's been to get students back into a situation where they can control the classroom, where students can learn, where they, you know what I mean? I I saw a testimony from a a college professor on Twitter last night. She teaches English comp like the first class you would take in college. And she said that she is absolutely flabbergasted at how rudimentary their writing skills are. Right. And she said, it's like, she, instead of teaching a college class, she's teaching ninth grade.
1: So all this great Zoom classes Complete were an abysmal wreck. failure.
2: Yes. She said in writing, it was an abysmal failure.
1: Mm-hmm. And you would imagine math as well. I mean, the, the right. scores, the test scores are showing that.
2: But the other thing that the article made me think of, and it's it's very long, and I've only given you the barest of detail about it, is that we think in our... The way we talk about politics and the way our our media is that if you devote a big chunk of money to something, you've solved the problem. You do not
1: throwing money. We should know that throwing well, money at something. Well, listen, we don't know problem. that
2: whenever, you know, a president, a governor, senators discuss something, right. well, throw they, some money at they it. get a big team of people and they say, we have decided that we are going to allot this amount of cash to this issue. And they all pat each other on the back they go out the back door. The situation is not fixed.
1: Yeah. So hundreds of billions of dollars have proven that without a doubt.
2: Situation is not fixed.
1: Heaven help us. I mean, you can't imagine what it's like to be in the front lines. God bless those teachers and administrators. I think
2: how much money is just sitting there. For what? I don't know.
1: We're taking a quick break. We're going to talk about that minefield of Halloween. That's next. 101.5
8: WORD She was giving me the ultrasound and she turned on the sound and my baby had a heartbeat I have a baby inside of
7: me. You've heard that seeing is believing. That's certainly true when it comes to pregnancies. It's been shown that abortion-minded women who see their babies on an ultrasound are likely to have that baby. Today you can provide a free ultrasound for a pregnant woman for just $28, the cost to save the life of a baby. So whether you want to save one or 5 or hundreds of babies, Word FM and Preborn are here to help. Call today 833-850-BABY or go to wordfm.com. I
11: pumpkins 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 and more pumpkins pumpkins are what the spring house is thinking about this time of year hi it's me Marcia from the spring house and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year we've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm pumpkin patch hay rides a petting zoo giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding a hay maze and a corn maze pumpkin picking right out of the field old-time games under a tent up on the hill and lots more and when you get hungry of course we have great eats inside too with lots of pumpkin creations pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard and even pumpkin black bean chili every October Saturday features a family friendly meal and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixings. Plan to spend a memory making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com
12: You were created for a purpose. Geneva College can help you find it, follow it, and fulfill it as you boldly answer God's call to live faithfully and intentionally in service to others. Together with Geneva, you'll embark on a journey of discovery with professors and peers who are integrating faith and learning, thinking constructively and creatively as you learn to understand your world, develop expertise in your field of study, and find meaning and purpose in your life's work. Ranked one of the best value schools in regional universities north by U.S. News and World Report, Geneva offers over 195 undergraduate majors and programs to help you discover the compelling significance of God's calling. Geneva College. You were made for this.
0: Explore what interests you at geneva.edu slash academics. You're smart, you're busy, and don't have time to waste on the mainstream media cycle. Salem News Channel breaks that cycle. Topics that matter from hosts worth watching. Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. Salem News Channel, not like the other guys. Watch anytime, on any screen, free, 24-7. Find everything you need to know at snc.tv. That's snc.tv.
1: So we are less than a week away from Halloween. And of course, if you're a Christian, you have a I'm sure a, a strong opinion about it. Good, bad, or otherwise, right? We do this every year. People get upset People with Halloween. People feel very strongly about Halloween. No, I get it. I mean this community. Right? People don't want, you know, evil at their of course, doorstep.
2: Nobody wants evil. Uh when I got married when we got married like I did it myself. Oh, and my husband and I got married. Um, we were the family that turned out all the lights and left.
1: Oh, I have friends who do that. Mm -hmm. You did that. Mm -hmm. You shut off all your lights and you, you fled your house. I
2: did. We did for probably a decade. Why? Because we were trying to like, you know, keep the evil away.
1: And what happened? Well, your kids, you had kids.
2: I didn't have, we didn't have kids
1: then. But then you had kids and you were like- We then
2: had kids and then, you know, I started to get to know my neighbors and then I thought, what am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm actually hindering any opportunity I would have to have a, a, like- discussion about faith or anything else with my neighbors, because this is a big night for neighborliness. and one of the rare
1: times, if not the rarest of times you get out there and actually look people in the eye. Pastor Jay Slocum is with us. Jay's a regular guest on our show. Jay, you want to opine about Halloween, friend? Hi, John and Kathy. Thanks for having me on. Always good, Jay. What's your take on Halloween, Jay? What do you got for us?
14: Well, I've been a pastor for 25 years and, and you just really did a great job of summarizing the issue
11: <laughs>
14: mm-hmm. um, you know I I remember when I first got ordained uh, the war started with folks because the the teachers at the Christian school uh, the headmistress was dressing up as a witch and the parents freaked out and they just thought it was about trick-or-treating and candy and they didn't know what the big deal was and the other parents were, you know, turn the lights off and leave and let's have a, a reverse seance at the church to stop all this. <laughs> uh, such a thing. You know? Mm-mm. So I, what happened for me was I wanted to be reasonable about these things and wanted to try to get the anxiety down. So I just started reading and started researching and started saying, where did, the, where did this all come from? How did this happen? And what happened for me is I realized there's th- there are three traditions, and then out of those three traditions, there are three different stances that we can take. Oh, good. That was really helpful.
1: Fabulous. Okay, so then give us these three traditions that have sprung into coalesced to Halloween.
14: Yeah. So Halloween's origins are in this thing called Samhain. It's spelled Samhain. S A N. H-A-I-N. So beware of any word that looks like it's something, but it's pronounced <laughs>
11: something <laughs> else. Right.
14: I know it well. Yeah. So, you know, Southwain, it starts around 1,000 B.C., it's in Ireland. The ancient Celts, the Druids, they think the whole world is enchanted. Hmm. They have trees that are 300 or 400 years old, and if you've ever been around a tree that's 300 or 400 years old, you could mistake it for being something that has a character or yep. a personality. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... They believed that the world was enchanted. Everything was, everything belonged to God and was part of God, and God was in everything. There weren't big boundaries between God, the Creator, and the created stuff. There were fairies, and Samhain was the one of the fire festivals in ancient Ireland. It was the most important one. It was like federal holiday. You got to take three days off for this thing. It's when the they start getting really short and there's more dark than there is light. They believed at that time that the world became very spiritually thin and it became so thin that the veil between the dead living would open and the dead could come and take you. Hmm. That's terrifying.
2: Yeah. That's, yeah. that seems like a real, that's not a holiday. That's like something to so try that's, to sleep through.
14: It's right. It's something to try to get, to try to stop from happening. And of course there are, they tried to lighten it, but you know, there's a, there's a woman who doesn't have a head who can steal you. There are fairies that can steal you. So they started dressing up as animals to try to stop, uh, to try to trick the spirit from kidnapping them. Mm. And that's where the lanterns and the jack-o'-lanterns come from. So that's, that's sort of embedded into Irish tradition and culture, but it's, subverted when Christians come along in the 1500s, and they say, this isn't doesn't represent us. And All Saints occurs. So All Saints Day mm. is a way of subverting, sallowing. And it's essentially saying, look, the dead can't hurt you if they're in Christ. Those who are in Christ live forever. And it was a way of giving, giving hope and subduing fear in people. And it was an evangelistic tool. So it was similar okay. to what Christians did with Christmas because the Christmas season is the equinox. It's you know, it's the ancient equinox time. It's when the days the day splits and starts becoming longer than the other. And Christians subverted that holiday and created Christmas. And so that's so that that pretty much in the West that dominated all saints dominated mm-hmm. uh Irish and American history until the 1850s and Halloween's not a big deal in America until the 1850s. What happens in the 1850s? Well, Irish immigrants start coming to America (laughs) and there's this group called hooligans and they're Irish kids who don't have a lot of supervision and they start picking up some of the Irish ancient traditions of all, and they they push some of the saline aspects of it rather than the all saints aspect. And they start burning buildings down and they start doing tricks and they start scaring people. And American culture did not like that, <laughs> as you could imagine. Moms wanted their kids to be safe and people wanted their businesses to be safe. So they subverted that uh, and created these Halloween festivals where you'd dress up and we'd give out candy. So as a response to that, as a response to that, there were parades in in the suburbs of of Chicago and then it spread to to New York. And then by the turn of the century in the 1900s, everybody's dressing up and everybody's dressing up in Halloween costumes. And it's about getting candy. It's about more about marketing uh, because the companies pick it up. Hershey picks it up. MM picks it up. Milky Way wants in on it. And everybody then just takes it and makes it into a way to make money, right. similar to what we've done with Christmas and Santa Claus.
13: Yeah. Jay, I read the
1: other day that Halloween is a $10 billion industry.
14: It's bigger than any of the other holidays, right? Wow. So the ice, that has always helped me. I always do a teaching of my church about that because it just all of a sudden levels the playing field and everybody calms down. And they realize, wait a minute, my neighbor who's dressing up as Princess Leia, is not thinking that fairies are going to steal her tonight.
2: Right. And it, it's not it, just it, a battle of good and evil. So if you celebrate well, Halloween, then you're somehow like, you know, b- welcoming the dark side.
14: Absolutely. So it depends on your your world view it depends on the way you see the world do you see the world as enchanted uh, our problem in america is not that people think that everything is spiritual our problem in america is people think nothing is spiritual hmm, hmm. we're just a bunch of consumers yeah so maybe uh, and so that the three stances that come out of those things are people either want to hide cuz they they project onto halloween it's ancient roots. And they say, well, it has to be evil because it has ancient evil roots. Well, it's just, yes, some people do go overboard and they celebrate death and destruction and gross things. And it's icky. And Christians aren't about that. We're about, you know, death, where's your sting? Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, but still, is it really devil worshipers? No, it's maybe a fragment of the people out there doing that. Um, you know the amount of sugar we consume is probably more dangerous <laughs> to us than anything else from think, a yeah. physiological perspective, That's right? Good. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, and I and I've been in churches where the pastor was said, "You you have to hide. You know, it's evil." And then once you do the, do your research on it, you say, "Well, no, it's got it's more complex than that. Hmm. Cause it has these different iterations." I come from the Anglican tradition, which holds on to all saints and we celebrate all saints day and we bring out blo- balloons with different colors at the kids message and talk about, you know, what a saint is anybody who loves Jesus and who gave, has him in their heart and that your grandma, red balloon or your uncle, John, or, or yeah. you know, bench you know, different people who come before us. Those are the saints. That's what it is. And we, you we, know, we celebrate everlasting life. I've even had, church uh, halloween come on a sunday and so we took pumpkins and uh put holes in all of them drill holes in them and put candles in them and cool. used you are a city on a hill you know don't hide your faith under a bucket and we had a big dinner afterwards and handed out candy to the people in the neighborhood and i dressed up as a bishop and my wife dressed up as a nun
2: you know <laughs> that's I'm awesome sure. that's by the way good. first off that's awesome yeah second of all so, what's, that, what's the difference jay yeah. between all saints day and all souls day
14: so they're very much the same. There's The difference is the Protestant understanding of saint and the Catholic understanding of saint. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Catholic understanding of saint is much more elevated. You kind of have to be like a superhero to get that. Mother status.
3: Teresa.
14: Yeah, Mother Teresa or St. Thomas mm-hmm. or, you know, St. Nicholas. In um, and, and the Protestant tradition, you know, we say, well, we're not going to throw the baby out of the bathwater. Um, anybody... It, you know, it, Hebrews tells us we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. The saints are, are all around us, those who are in Christ. Mm-hmm. So um, in the tradition that I come from, the Anglican tradition, we wouldn't say that we pray to saints, um, but we would say we certainly honor the fact that there are thousands upon thousands of people who've accepted Jesus and who have eternal life. Who are waiting to get their resurrected body and we're honoring that day rather than celebrating you know Darkness. death and destruction yeah. right
1: right and i think your point's so well taken jay that you can take something and then quickly just drag it into the ground and ruin it which is what a lot yeah. of people are afraid of but now on the flip side talk about you and I, I mean in your neighborhood and you as a neighbor what's it like for you i mean are, are you out there you know handing out
14: reese's so, you know, John, the three stances are you can hide or you can transform things or you can just ad- adapt to the culture. Yeah. So I put I drill out pumpkins every year and put stanchions up and down my sidewalk and put uh, candlelights in. And we have a, a open house and I make chili and get a big bonfire and all the cute little kids come around. Yeah. And um, but we're being intentional. My, my neighbors may or may not know what I'm trying to communicate. I'm. But I'm not trying to communicate death and destruction. And I also think we live in such a fragmented world that I want to be a good neighbor. So for me, it's like Kathy said. Like I started realizing my neighbors aren't—they're not worshiping demons on this day. They're—they're actually just trying to get their kids to have a good time for one night out of the week. So I do think that for us, we've we've decided to reach out to our neighbors and participate and help them to see what kind of family we are. We, we love Jesus and we love life. And we believe that we should make the world beautiful. And we try to put that in, in a transformative way rather than just ad- ad- adopting the culture that says, let's just get as much candy as we can, or let's dress up in things that really aren't about what we're about. as people that love everlasting life. So that's what I've tried to do as a pastor over the last 25 years and had some pretty good success with it to kind of get people that are highly anxious about it to settle down a little and to get people that aren't thinking about it at all and really should be sort of more intentional about it. Excellent.
1: That's really great, Jay. I appreciate that. It really
2: takes some of the emotion out of it, so that you can just talk about what's well, just you know this is how things evolve throughout history this yeah. isn't necessarily like the ultimate fight between you know light and darkness
14: right yeah yeah and it, it and you know I wouldn't say like I wish those days would come back, but I find as a pastor it's much harder to convince people that there is a spiritual world these days than to than anything else. most of my dilemma is that people just don't think anything's really spiritual. They just kind of live in the here and now.
11: Right. We're following and
14: the signs. Yeah, the Bible um doesn't tell us that we are, you know, imagine there's no heaven, as John, you know, Lennon said, just earth and sky. Like that's one of the worst songs ever written. Um, you know, imagine that there's just us. And right. let's pretend that somehow we can have peace. No, you were made to live forever and your heart will not be satisfied until it's filled with the God who gives everlasting life.
1: Amen and amen. Jay, thank you so much. It's always a great pleasure. We appreciate you stopping by and giving us some uh, some critical thinking of the Christian spirit. We needed that. Thanks again. Yeah, happy to do it. Pastor Jay Slocum, we'll take a quick break. The Daily Feature, Does This Make Sense? That's next here on The Ride Home.
10: First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest-rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000.
7: Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing.
10: First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest-rated precious metals firm in the country. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000.
7: Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing.
10: Call 800-900-8000.
7: MTS stands for Master of Theological Studies, and it's a two-year degree for those who want to just deepen in their theological knowledge. With an MTS degree from RPTS, you can be ready for whatever God calls you to. Uh, We have three areas of concentration, biblical counseling, biblical studies, either the Old or the New Testament. You can also do one in doctrinal or historical studies. Learn how to get your Master of Theological Studies degree entirely
12: online at rpts.edu. RPTS, study under pastors.
4: Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
5: Thousands of young people are dying from counterfeit prescription drugs laced with lethal doses of fentanyl.
0: Never take a pill unless it comes from your pharmacist. We lost my 18-year-old son who had a very bright future ahead of him, and it was stolen.
5: Just one counterfeit pill laced with fentanyl can kill. Visit OnePillKilled.org 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 to learn more.
7: Partly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 52. Mainly cloudy tomorrow. It'll be cooler with a bit of rain. Tomorrow we'll see a high of 59. Tomorrow night, a shower in spots early in the evening. Otherwise, low clouds with a low of 43. Thursday, sunshine and a few clouds. It'll be the start of an extended stretch of dry weather. We'll reach a high Thursday of 58. For Friday, partly sunny skies and a high of 60. With your ACUE weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
2: sense.
1: Does what make sense? What
2: is it? Vending machine coffee.
1: <laughs> oh, no, absolutely not. No, nothing. The only thing you can do vending machine tea. That that, that will work. I mean, I don't know. I mean, a, look, if, if a you're p- like stuck, like in an emergency room or something. Yeah. Okay. I, I would... But generally vending machine coffee? No. Of course not. Uh, 100% no. It's it's horrible. Horrible.
2: What about closely on its heels the vending machine sandwich?
1: Don't do that. Don't do that. Listen, do not no, do that. No. if you value your health. No, no, Where is no. that coming from?
2: That should, you're concerned about me buying tuna salad at a deli?
1: Oh. Well, how about even like like a sandwich like it, you know, a, a like side. a sheets or something. Yeah, like that's wrapped. I don't up. like that. I'm not gonna do. I that. I don't like that. Where were we? Oh, we were, we were out visiting one of my kids, and it was late at night. And we had missed dinner. It was like ten thirty. Yeah. We pulled over and we went to like a sheets, and my wife bought like something. I was like, she took yeah, like one, a sandwich. Yeah, she took one bite and she was like, nope, no, that was a mistake. It's like seven bucks out the window with one bite. Yeah, you know, it's not good. No.
2: So a vending machine or
1: anything from a any like other than the, like it, a soda or a bag of chips or yeah, some like gum. if it's
2: sealed, I feel okay about it. Yeah. Like completely hermetically so. Yeah. But otherwise, no. we're not. Let's just so let's just say it doesn't make sense. You're
1: going to roll the dice and have some egg salad from a vending machine? No, I don't think no, so. No, it doesn't make sense. All right, Sunday, uh, we were out and about, and uh, I rarely do this with my wife. Uh, we we were in. We were in a drugstore and we were buying shampoo. Wow. I can't tell you. I mean, and I'm looking at this, I mean, endless, endless, endless shampoo. Options, right. I said to my wife, you know what? I really don't care just as long as it's two in one shampoo and conditioner. And she was like, I don't, I don't like that. I'm like that for me, that's like, it makes perfect sense. Two in one. I could care less. Now, you know, I've told you this. I've grown up with five sisters. I know my grooming products quite well. Keep it simple here, John. Two-in-one makes perfect
2: sense to me. Does it make sense to you? Are you asking me if two-in-one products like that make sense? Yeah. Of course they don't make sense, John. What? What, what are you talking what? about?
1: What? You don't do a two-in-one con- conditioner and shampoo?
2: Why don't you make it also a shower gel? <laughs>
1: I've seen three in one. Maybe some hairspray and
2: and some house paint. It's fine. It's the worst. It's a horror. It can't be both. They do two different things. They can't. It's it's illogical that Mm. you could have those two Two divergent things be one thing. Shampoo
1: and conditioner.
4: Keep it simple. It makes
1: perfect
2: sense. That makes no sense.
4: 101.5 W O
6: R D.
0: Old Testament feasts like Passover, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles had special meaning for Jewish people in their immediate historical context. But they were also prophetic shadows of Jesus and meaningful for today's believers. Now you can download the free booklet by Rabbi Schneider of Discovering the Jewish Jesus entitled God's Seven Holy Days, a comprehensive guide to understanding the fall holy days and how Jesus fulfills them.
8: Download your free copy today at WordFM.com. Slash feast.
9: Uncle Ryan, the news. We need a watchdog, a panic room,
8: because mortgage rates have gotten higher. But
9: the news, Uncle Ryan, it's like the British are coming, or worse, a birthday catastrophe. I'm <laughs> sorry, can't say that word, catastrophe.
8: It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and yes, we're going heavy on the jokes to make a point. Mortgage rates are up, and no, it's not optimal for anyone. But there is another reality: life does go on. Maybe you're ready for your first home, your dream home. Or maybe it's time to downsize. Life goes on. Rates have been higher in the past, and good people still need new homes. The point we want to make is...
9: If you buy a new home this year... And you don't use our direct lender advantage... Which can often save you monthly and lifelong money... Along with us paying $1,000 of your closing costs... You'd be crazier than a watchdog in a panic room. See what we did there?
8: We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court melbourne in New York.
3: And a less number 1330 That's the Lady Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. My
13: heart was racing just making spaghetti. I could have waited to tell my doctor, but I didn't wait. I was short of
5: breath just reading a book. I could have delayed telling my doctor, but I didn't wait.
2: They told their doctors and found out they have atrial fibrillation, a condition which makes it about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you have one or more of these symptoms, irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, this is no time
6: to wait. Contact your doctor.
7: Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer.
0: At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum.
6: We did it. We time-traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them.
11: Hi, I have a question about time travel.
0: Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means any Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.
11: What's for dinner? Burgers?
0: After last week? No thanks.
1: Sorry, came a little bit late there. Okay, uh, <laughs> sorry.
2: Yeah, that's no, okay, John.
1: Do you think people say they're sorry too much? Do you say you're sorry too much? I I saw a piece about if you want power, you should stop saying that you're sorry. And I, and I read this article and I thought...
2: And where's the article from?
1: Oh, Wall Street Journal. Stop saying you're sorry. Um, it diminishes your power.
2: And what is it? Give me the...
1: Okay. So the gist is this, like I do this a lot. I mean, how many emails do you write in in a day? Right. A lot of emails. And then, you know, you're, you're having people join you on the show. So like a few days ago, I like, I'll make a, a, Hey, would you join us? And then I get sidetracked and then I'll, I'll write, sorry for my lag time in getting back to you. Because I, you know, I, I'm, I'm offering something and then I don't respond when the person says yes, because I'm preoccupied with other things. So when I get back, I need to say, Hey, sorry, I, you know, because mm-hmm. I did offer something, mm-hmm. but I don't want to close the loop now. Okay. So I, I did that yesterday about th- three or four times. Then as the show was starting, our producer was walking out of the studio. As I was walking in, we almost kind of bumped into each other, but not really. And I said, Oh, Sorry. And then I thought, you do say sorry an awful lot. You do apologize a lot. Mm. So they're saying by saying sorry all the time, you make yourself a patsy. You diminish yourself instead of finding another way to just kind of go, hey, I was preoccupied or I was too right. busy. Um, Does that make any sense to you? Do you think you... Cause you've told me, you know, oh, you say uh, that I diminish.
2: I, I say that about you all the time because right. you consistently do that. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, I don't know if I, it's hard to assess yourself.
7: We go. We
1: go wow.
2: On. That's exciting.
1: Wait. Oh,
7: there we go. i use a the... Saskish. This made sense.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, does that make oh sense.
2: right. And you know what? It doesn't.
1: What? Saying sorry?
2: Actually... Okay. So this is what I, I think. As in anything else, it's a fine line because there are a lot of times when I wish people would apologize more, but when I'm thinking that it's about something significant,
1: not about the, why daily. did, why
2: did you speak to somebody like that in well, that meeting? Yeah, of course. The big, why did you do that? You know what I mean? Jerks. Yes. Okay. So, so I feel like that's when an apology is really necessary. These other things that you're talking about, like you apologizing to someone for not getting back to them quickly, you, you know, you're booking a hundred people, so you can't, it look, so I, it's not your fault. It's not like you were, you were not diligent or you were I you know, be off timely. doing something else. Don't
1: you want to be timely?
2: Yes, you do. Yes. But sometimes you, <clears throat> you've got too many balls to juggle. So I don't know if that really, they don't deserves. know that. Well, that's true. I, just... guess, I guess that's true. It just seems to me that that maybe doesn't deserve an apology. Well, Whereas if you are in a meeting with somebody and you come out and diminish somebody verbally in front of a group of people, you should pull that person aside and actually apologize. Well, that's just
1: boorish behavior.
2: I know. But how many people who are involved in boorish behavior never, never come to you, look you in the eye and say, you know what? I did that. I should not have done that. Right. And I'm so sorry.
1: Or I mean, I learned this early on: apologizing to your kids.
9: Oh right?
2: yeah. I mean,
9: you oh, know, yeah.
1: our parents were the generation they never did that. No. Not that I was looking for my. And dad they never to apologize.
2: apologized to each other either.
1: No, they didn't. Right, Gary, At do you apologize too much?
7: No. <laughs>
2: did right. your Did your parents ever apologize to you, Gary?
7: I don't have a recollection of it. Now, I rarely ever apologize to my kids, but on the few occasions where I really felt later that I went too far, maybe too far in chastising them or, Mm -hmm. you know, got too angry, too hot, yelled too much or whatever, I, I might a few times have come back later and apologize. That's healthy.
2: I think it's I think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. But I think that sometimes you can substitute one for the other. So you don't apologize for the things you really should. And then you're saying sorry for things that are dumb.
1: I don't know. I, I think, quite honestly, an apology is never misplaced, unless you're just chronically, you know, constantly apologizing. But it, it's okay. Let me-, me
2: tell you. So one of my daughters. Yeah. If I walked, if she was sitting on the sofa, and I walked in the room and spilled soup in her lap,
6: She'd she apologize. would apologize. <laughs> okay. So
2: I feel like. She's an example of someone that does take it too well, far and that? that's a big joke with everyone who
1: knows her. Would you right.
2: stop apologizing? Well, what does
1: that say about her then? I wonder wh- well, what does that she's mean? She's just I mean,
2: you... very mild-mannered and she really is always What's cons- the p- Please she, people. Al- yes, and she's always concerned about someone else's feelings, which is not a bad thing. So
1: women apologize more than men. No surprise.
2: Is that what the article says? Yes,
1: it does, right? Women apologize more than men, but a female coworker's apology doesn't necessarily mean she's claiming blame. She just wants to get work done. For example, uh, sorry, what I meant to say was, right? Okay. I mean, you're just trying to get around the situation. Sorry, I'm just, you know, and it's not necessarily apology, but it's like, uh, let's just get on with this. Right. Right. I get that.
2: Can't we just do this?
1: Right. Everything we're doing is on some level, they're saying, to show that we're good. We're a good person at the same time we're trying to accomplish something. When I message so sorry to bug you to my boss before asking a question, that's a necessary part of both of our jobs. I'm showing respect for power differentials at the office. Still, some misinterpret women's apologies as incompetence. When British leader Liz Truss last week apologized for the mistakes in pushing a risky tax plan, it was met with a call to resign. A few days later, she did. Now, she did screw up. Right. So she should have apologized. Yeah. Today, whenever the new prime minister ascended to power, he called her out on that mistake a couple of times. Did he? Yes, he did. Uh, For
2: apologizing?
1: No, about the mistakes Uh, that she made.
2: Okay.
7: But isn't the jest of this article if you want power? Yes. If you want don't power. Don't apologize yes. so much. Right. Because it I, makes you look weak. For regular folks, do we really want power? Right. Is
2: that what we're going for, is the question.
7: I already have power.
2: Yeah. Right. You don't need any more. I
7: don't need any more.
2: Right. But, well,
1: I guess, though, like in the instance of Cass' daughter, then if she's always apologizing, then she will never attain any power. Right, because yeah, people look right. at her as yeah, yeah. she's a patsy.
2: Right, 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 right. So yeah, if you're
1: weak, that. then you'll never be able to, right. to coalesce your strength and be strong. People will look down on you
7: because they think you're weak.
2: Yeah, but being maybe not consciously. Yeah, may, yeah that's the point. Is because it maybe it's I not.
7: never think ill of anybody who apologize would apologize like that. I don't have a conscious thought anyway. Right,
2: right. But I do think it's always essential. To when, when the, the time when you least want to apologize is the time you should. That's what I always say to myself. However, you know, when it's really difficult and super awkward, that's when I feel like it's most important. Of
1: course, because you know
2: what you've done
1: relationships have been ruined for, because people refuse to apologize. Oh
2: yes. All over my family.
1: Right. I mean, people just, thankfully
2: not my immediate family, but my extended family. Oh yeah.
1: People just think, no, I'm not yep. going to do that. It doesn't deserve an apology. Right. Right. You're you're wrong. So why would I apologize? Right. When the easier thing to do is, let's apologize. Let's kiss and make up, so to speak, and get on with it.
2: Right. There's I no weakness there. I can't stand that.
1: What? People not apologize. Oh,
2: yeah, I can't. I can't. I mean, I can't. I can't. Yeah. It's so
1: much easier to apologize because we just want to get it's on with so it. Right. Everyone feels so better. better. That's and all. it's
2: not just about getting on with it. It's about you have to verbally accept is. who you are.
1: Right. Well, Own your, your stuff. Yeah.
2: Own your stuff. All right. Speaking of owning your stuff, yeah. we're going to take a break. But when we come back, it's National TV Talk Show Host Day, celebrated on Johnny Carson's birthday each year. Oh. And so I want to ask you your very favorite TV talk show currently and going back in history. Think about it. TV I'm talk. giving you time.
13: Yeah. All right. Thank you. What if I told you you can save a baby's life? for just $28. Well, it's true. Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant girls and women who otherwise might choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother The chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. $140 can do this for five girls and women. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a click or phone call away. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or click on the preborn banner at wordfm.com. Meet Brad. Brad's hard at work,
12: or at least his website is. Ever since he added live chat with Salem Surround, Brad's customers are getting their questions answered 24-7. Website purchases have gone up 35%, and they're over three times more likely to buy from him again. No bots, just real people helping real people. Live chat, one of the easiest, most affordable ways Salem Surround can increase your business while you do other things or nothing at all. Ask us how at SurroundPittsburgh.com. Hello, this is John Guest. We would like to invite you to a citywide prayer gathering
3: at Christ Church at Grove Farm, Thursday, October the 27th, 630 to 8 in the evening, to pray together for the next midterm election, that candidates will be elected who will stand for biblical values and that Christians will get out and vote in what will be a monumentally critical election. This is John Guest. Go for it.
8: Hi. I am Kyle at Blindster.com. I sell custom-made blind shades, and shutters that are easy to install at prices less than big box retailers. Blindster blinds are custom-made for your windows, and I guarantee they'll fit. Don't hire a pro. Do it yourself and save big at Blindster.com. What is a warrior?
12: At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world to learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year and to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry where warriors are made at ourpcs.org.
4: We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com. The Word FM mobile app, iHeart, In and Odyssey.
1: Hey, we've been t- talking this past week or so about this campaign, Preborn. Uh, this campaign is going to end soon. And I was encourage We're almost you. at the goal. Yeah, we, we are so very, very close to this. But that's beside the point. The point is to save babies through the uh, a free ultrasound where a young woman or of, of any age, quite honestly, childbearing age would like to see an image of her baby. She's on the fence about, you know, thinking, should I have an abortion? Should I let this baby go? Maybe
2: it's just a mass of cells. Like they say, right.
1: this. anyway, preborn is still going on. Uh, $28 provides a free abortion. Free, uh, ultrasound. free ultrasound. <laughs> what the heck are you talking about? Good
9: grief. I'm glad <laughs> I'm here,
1: Gary. <laughs> it went off the rails wow. there for a second. Yeah. Yeah.
14: <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, there, Johnny. Good grief!
1: Uh, Twenty dollars provides a free
2: u- ultrasound.
1: <laughs> Man, did this take a left turn?
7: <laughs> yeah. Literally.
5: Wait, let me mm. see. I'm,
1: <laughs> <You should be. laughs> I'm sorry. You should I'm be. You should be. Sorry. Am I weaker? Am I weak now in your eyes? <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes! Right. Anyway, find some Erase online. that from the tape. <laughs>
2: Wordfm.com. Uh, you can go online and uh, give your gift there. All right, I'm trying to reclaim some some peace dignity, and harmony here. National mm-hmm. TV talk show host day. Uh, now, I, I have to be honest and tell you that when I looked it up, it was Sunday. It's not today because Johnny Carson's birthday was Sunday. Okay, I was looking at uh, an old, uh, you know, how you don't refresh your page, you know, on your screen anyway. <laughs> yeah. So that's what happened. So, Sorry. so Sunday was National TV talk show host day, but I want to celebrate it today. Because um, I was a big Johnny Carson fan yeah, growing of when I was growing up. If I was allowed to watch Johnny Carson, I felt like a grown up. Yeah, it was super exciting. It's where I saw like Joe Williams for the first time, or where oh, I saw gosh. David Letterman for the first mm-hmm. time, or Don Rickles, or David Brenner, or Joan Rivers, yep. or Doc Severance, or Al Jiro, or you know, those are the people you I were think welcomed of. Yep.
1: into the party of adulthood.
2: Exactly, I loved it so much. Yep. So. Um, what is your favorite current tv talk show i don't have one okay i'm not watching okay
1: i mean the guys like jimmy kimmel and mm-hmm. uh, trevor noah seth myers n- i i have no desire
2: okay uh you don't you don't look at any of them on youtube no, none okay no, it's
1: lost it's kind of you know sheen for me I all guess.
2: right no ellen degenerate nothing no. I, I could
1: care less to be honest you're right okay you
2: uh, I really love, I think Jimmy Fallon is extremely talented mm-hmm. and I do love some carpool karaoke with James Corden. Oh, that was
1: excellent. Yeah. yeah. I, I do. I've seen uh, clips of carpool, the Paul McCartney episode. Oh, wasn't that great? Uh, Notoriously. Yeah, of course. Yeah.
2: But I don't watch those shows.
1: You've seen the clips. I, I go
2: on YouTube Which and Which is look what at they're clips. designed for in yeah, some way. Yeah. Right? So I
1: don't watch the show. Just the highlights. Yeah. So yeah.
2: those would be my two favorite ones currently. Jimmy Kimmel. Yes. Jim, No. Uh, James Corden and Jimmy Fallon okay. are my two favorite ones. Historically, I have a big favorite.
1: <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> Who's your favorite?
2: David Letterman. Yeah. Oh, there's not even a close Okay, second. but there's
1: two sides of David Letterman. There was David Letterman uh, on yes, NBC. Yes, and which then, I preferred. Uh, all the way, yes. and then David Letterman, CBS, it was still became good.
2: something else. It did, but it was still good. Nah, you no, you know what? He became bitter. He did. He 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 was became angry mean. sometimes, but not all the time. Often, NBC, or what about his daytime show?
1: The best. I love that daytime that show. That
2: daytime show was so hilarious. Yeah. It was on at 10 in the morning or something? It was. Something?
1: I remember it was like my first job out of college. I was a delivery guy for a camera store, Smithfield Street Camera downtown. And so they would fill up the station wagon with all this camera supplies, and I'd drive all through the factories in the Mon Valley. So it took a while for them to get the orders in. So they'd just go. We'll call you when we're ready. I'd go upstairs and watch David Letterman no <laughs> on the
2: TV set. I couldn't believe how great he was. Wasn't it off the it was chain? fabulous. What a great show. Yeah. He's He's just an incredible talent. He really was. I heard uh, Paul Rudd talking oh, yeah. about David Letterman. Actually, In uh, he was in Hot Ones, which is a YouTube show where yeah. you eat progressively hotter chicken wings as you are interviewed um, by Chris Evans, who's absolutely terrific. I'm really terrific interviewer. Anyway, Paul Rudd was talking about David Letterman and he said he forever changed the temperament of America. Yeah. Like the, the way we laugh about things, David Letterman is responsible for that. And I agree with that. Yeah, I, agree. I had not thought about it that way until I heard Paul Rudd. Say, I loved
1: him. Uh, how about um, Conan? I love Conan.
2: I don't know very much. Uh, I mean, I a Conan? couple clips.
1: No, I used to stay up to watch Conan. I mean, you know, Pre this job. Yeah. How about Dick Cavett?
2: No connection with Dick Cavett. None. I, I know thought, who he is, but that's I always it. loved Dick
1: Cavett. Okay. Dick Cavett always kind of felt like, you know, the smartest guy in the room. But I, how about um, Mike Douglas?
2: I loved the Mike Douglas show. <laughs> Mike Douglas With show. all of my being, because he'd have a celebrity guest yep. host for the whole week.
1: How about Tom Snyder?
2: Tom, with his cigarette? Yeah. And his laugh. And his dark eyebrows. I mean, he was
1: wild. He was. Yeah. Howard Stern.
2: Uh, I never listened to the Howard Stern show. That's a rough
1: ride. Yeah. Mm.
2: I never did. I think I, now the, the calmer Howard Stern is very interesting to me. Larry King? Oh, I listened to Larry King on the radio on for On the radio, years. he was excellent. Yeah, TV, TV terrible. Man. I thought yeah. he was terrible, yeah. actually. Unprepared. Yeah, didn't care. Yeah.
1: Anyway. All right, so. Uh,
2: Stephen Colbert.
1: Uh, When he was Colbert, the the character, now, I no, no way. No.
2: Jimmy Kimmel? No, no, Seth, but, Myers. I nope. think Seth Myers. Seth Myers. He's a
1: Pittsburgh connection, so I love him Seth for that. Seth
2: Myers is Pittsburgh
12: His connection.
3: dad. Get out of here. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.
0: This is Ed Morris